What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have a special guest with us today. If you guys are entrepreneurs and you're wanting to grow and scale, this is a conversation that you will want to get familiar with. We have an expert with us in this hiring and firing and building your team field. We have Kurt Wilkin, who is a trusted advisor for high growth middle market companies as founder and managing partner of B Cave Capital and co-founder of Hire Better. With a passion for growth and a hard-earned, proven set of tools in his tool belt, Wilkin works with other entrepreneurs and CEOs to help them escape the startup mindset and achieve next-level success. He has a debut book, Who's Your Mic? A BS guide, a no BS guide to the people you'll meet on your entrepreneurial journey. It reveals how entrepreneurs can transform their companies by minimizing hiring mistakes, investing in high potentials, and making the difficult decisions to drop dead weight from their team. Wilkin draws on his extensive experience launching and growing businesses to help leaders navigate people and challenges and tap into the power of making better hires. By putting the right talent in the right places and pinpointing who is holding the company back, entrepreneurs can unlock meaningful change that will enable their organization to grow, scale, and thrive. He has a huge list of things that he's done over the years. He has so much experience. And this is a conversation that honestly, most entrepreneurs, as they get into their business, as they dig into the work, they don't think about these things. And then you really do hit a cap. And you're like, all right, I've hit this limit. I've either got to extend myself even more. I've got to sacrifice even more. I've got to hire on a team or bring someone in, but who do I do? Who do I find and how do I hire and how do I train? And, and that sounds awful trying to spend all of that time pouring into someone, training them up and building them only to have them stick around for a little bit. This is something that I hear over and over and over. So if you're at a place in your business where this is something that you need to be doing, you need to be expanding, you need to be learning who to hire, how to onboard, how to get them really started strong and the right people in place, don't miss this conversation. It's going to be solid. Let's turn it over to our conversation with Kurt. All right, Kurt, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Micah, it's so awesome to be here. I love what you're doing for entrepreneurs and working moms. Man, I love the spirit. Uh, sign me up, brother. Let's go. Thank you so much. We're so pumped to have you. So before we dig in um, to all the goods, tell us who you are. Tell us about your story. How did like you have a huge 
line of, of things on your bio and all the things I couldn't even get through it all. When I was doing your intro, I'm like, holy crap, I could be reading this for like 20 minutes long. You have so much experience, so much expertise. So first of all, you guys, like he has wisdom galore. So listen up, pay attention. Cause what he's going to say, like he's speaking from experience. So tell us more about how you got into all of this. Well, I hope you cut the the bio down quite a bit. I hate long bios. So yeah, just no, say that good. I've done some stuff and and we'll be good. So yeah, a really quick story is uh, I was, uh, I grew up in South Louisiana, went to Arkansas, live in Texas. So I've got redneck, coonass and hillbilly rolled into one beautiful package. <laughs> and so when you've got that uh, lineage, you can't take yourself too seriously. And uh, I was a uh, accountant, CPA out of college, a big firm called Ernst & Young, which is a, a kind of a big deal, but I was a bad accountant. And so long story short, I, I uh, got into entrepreneurialism after my dot-com I worked with went belly up. And uh, funny enough, it was a finance and accounting consulting firm that I started, uh, mainly because I had a, a new wife who had just stopped working and a new baby. So I had, wow. uh, had to succeed. So many of your audience knows that failure is not an option when that's the case. So uh, made it work, ended up getting very fortunate. We grew that company to about 110 or so people and about 20 million in revenue over a four-year period. So we had a wow. tremendous success, mainly thankfully to uh, some really smart partners that I had. So that's the quick version. I guess I can add that I, I, I bought Hire Better, which is a recruiting firm about 11 years ago, because I, I love, uh, I believe uh, talent is the most necessary thing for growing businesses to have. And the recruiting industry is dastardly broken, in my opinion. So, uh, so Hire Better is a I'll call it a different style of a uh, recruiting firm. So that's the short version. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more. Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. I love it. So, so tell us more about Hire Better. Is that like so people bring their skill sets, they kind of bring their application, and then people are using that to find what they need? Is that what is that how it works? So we're a recruiting firm. We help companies who are looking to build what I call their next level teams. So mm -hmm. think uh, if you're going from scrappy entrepreneur, everybody does everything to you're looking to next level your team or professionalize your team. That's where we come in. And, and most of my gift is sitting, uh, as I say, uh, having an entrepreneur on the proverbial couch talking about all their challenges with people. How do I, what do I do with this employee that I've outgrown? How do I find this next rock star? just the whole bit. And so uh, I help them uh, take their existing team and, and uh, augment where they need and, and build kind of that next level team. That's awesome. Okay. Very cool. So I want to talk about this because most of our listeners are entrepreneurs. Uh, I would say the majority of them are probably one man, one woman shows like they are that I do whatever I do it all. I do everything. 
I can't, maybe they're at a place where they're like, I can't afford to delegate. I can't afford to hire. I can't afford. At what point would you say, okay, no, but you can't afford not to. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, before we came on air, I was telling you about my dad, who is a, an entrepreneur who <laughs> was so cheap. He insisted on doing everything himself and he never got past go, right? He just couldn't get out of yeah. his own way. And uh, thankfully I'm not as smart as my dad. Um, so I couldn't do everything myself. So I had to bring in people smarter than me to do it. But I think for for your listeners, if you think about those tasks that that only you can do and that you do very well and that you love doing, those should be ones absolutely you should hold on to for a bit. But there's a lot of grunt stuff that you're not that yeah. good at. Many entrepreneurs, it's the, the administrative or operational things, and you could probably pay somebody you know, twenty bucks an hour or you know something way cheaper than what your time is worth, and can do it probably better than you. So. Yeah. As you're starting out, I would look for those types of tasks that don't, don't be too proud of yourself that uh, I'm sorry, don't be too uh, shy about having someone else do some of those grunt tasks. I love that. And I, and I feel like, cause I had to go through this. It was like that control you're like, okay, but I'm building this. Like, this is my baby. My business is my baby. And I'm building this and only I can do this and only I can do it this good. And only it needs my stamp of approval. It needs my voice. It needs my touch on everything. But then you really do. You hit that point where you're like, okay. I can either continue to do it all and run myself into the ground and sacrifice everything, sacrifice my family, sacrifice my time, or I need to relinquish some control. I need to let go of some things. I need to hire someone out. And I love that you mentioned that because there's certain things in our business, no matter what industry you're in, there's certain things that you, that just light you up. You, you look forward to doing them. It's your zone of genius. You love it. You have high energy at your, it's your strength. And then there's certain things that you're like, Oh, I have to do this again. Oh, this needs to get done. And it keeps like moving to the end of your to-do list. Cause you keep avoiding it. In my opinion, like those are the things that get off your plate ASAP because they're robbing your joy. They're robbing your passion. They're robbing your excitement for what you're doing. And that's what ultimately will still everything in, in your business and steal your growth because you're so burnt out from doing all of the things that you shouldn't be doing anyways. And that's exactly right. The, the more you do what you enjoy doing, the more you're passionate is going to arise and really the better you're going to be. Uh, in, yeah. in, in my book, uh, Who's Your Mic? We have a, a, a sheet that shows uh, it's kind of four quadrants. What do you love doing? What are you really good at? What do you hate doing? And what do you suck at? And it really doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. Right. But once you put it on paper, uh, it's really, uh, it's interesting to see all the things that you should be doing and, and can do. And frankly, the things you need to offload, I, I call it kind of your highest and best use and all the other things, man, find ways that you can augment. And even when you get to a point where you're uh, five, $10 million in revenue, maybe it's a president or CEO. I, I stepped aside as CEO a year ago because uh, I knew somebody be, would be better at that than me for my own business. So uh, it can range from, you know, operations manager, administrative assistant, all the way to freaking CEO. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love how that's so great to know that in your book, you just break it down. Like That's so simple. When you said those four things, I'm like, oh, I can easily think of the things right off the top of my head, like where those would fall in those categories. So that if you're at a place in your business where you're like, gosh, I just need some clarity, grab his book. Like, I feel like that would be a next step for sure. You know, uh, so you mentioned your own head trash around uh, what you uh, you know, should or shouldn't be doing. My yeah. own head trash is uh, I feel like I don't want to hand the grunt stuff over to somebody because I'm not too proud to do that stuff, you know, oh, but the reality yeah. is you've got to offload some of that or you're going to be 
instead of being an entrepreneur, you're just going to have a really crappy, low paying job. You know what? That's interesting because I felt that as well. Like, oh man, I don't want to make someone else do this stuff. So like, I'm just going to take that burden on. I'm going to do this. What I found though, is the stuff that I'm like, oh man, I don't want to do this. I don't, some people love doing it. Like I have, I have some people who do stuff for me that they're like, oh my gosh, this is the stuff that I love. This is, they have a full-time job and then they do this on the side, like a few hours a week or whatever. And they're like, I love doing this. It makes me so happy. And I'm like, holy moly, this is crazy. So remember that too, like as an entrepreneur, the things that you're not doing, you get to pay someone else to do, and you get to bless their life and they get to do things that they enjoy because believe it or not, the things you hate, someone else probably loves. So you got to find those people. And they're really good at, that's the other thing that surprises. Somebody's really good at accounting. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. So, so help, like, where do they go? Where do they turn? How do they, how do they find someone if they're at a place where they're like, okay, I do need to bring someone in, whether it's a virtual assistant, someone, whatever, where would you recommend starting? Yeah. You know, many of your audience sounds like they're uh, solopreneurs, you know, really small operations. So it's probably going to come from your network, people that, you know, and it's, it's a friend of a friend type of thing. That's just generally where we start. Uh, I call it friends of Kurt, you know, the people that we know. And as you grow, you're going to outgrow uh, friends of Kurt. The, the caution I would have though, Mike, is to make sure that you don't hire somebody just because they're a friend of a friend yeah. or even worse, don't hire them just because they're a friend. Because if things go sideways, it's just hard to uh, separate uh, friendship from business. So have a pretty good idea of what you're asking this person to do, that they've got the... Um, not just the skills and experience that you need, but also the willingness to roll up their sleeves and do it. Cause that's definitely what entrepreneurial companies need. You need that, that grit. Absolutely. And I feel like it is so, so, so important that you're not just delegating tasks and having them check the box, but you bring them into the vision of what you're doing. You bring them into the mission of why you're operating the way you are, what you're about, what you stand for, what you value and if you bring in people who share those values and that mission and that, that core belief in what you're doing is a completely different energy than someone who's like, all right, I'm showing up to check the box and do the thing. And, and that's it. Right. Have you noticed that? Absolutely. You just uh, went to uh, what, you know, next level type stuff, right? That's uh, <laughs> building a culture or people with a, a passion and a purpose that are going to carry you. Uh, I want to comment on something real quick. The type of employee you're looking for that first stage is exactly yeah. what your t-shirt says which is scrappy, <laughs> relentless, hungry, and unstoppable. I can read that without my reading glasses. Um, that's what you're looking for. And as you, uh, as you grow, and, and ideally they, they, they uh, align with your mission and they fall in line yeah. with your mission. But as you continue to grow, for sure, you need to have a mission and a purpose that stands for something more than just a paycheck or yeah. you're not going to be able to get to where you want to. Totally. I totally agree. What would you say to someone who maybe they have hired someone on and they're like, oh my gosh, this is not working out. This is, they're, they're not, I mean, maybe they're not doing the things efficiently. They're not doing them as well as they want They're It's just not a good fit. What would you like? How do you have that conversation? At what point do you try and work with them and, and have it work? Or do you kind of cut ties? What would you say? Cause I feel like this is a big roadblock because people have tried to hire. It hasn't worked out. And then they're super hesitant to try again. And so they're like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You know, you hit an Achilles heel here for me because I hate having that tough conversation. And I yeah. think most entrepreneurs are optimists and we we don't want to have the challenging conversation down the road. But the reality is there are often times where the people we have on our team just aren't cutting it anymore, especially mm-hmm. if they were 
really good in the early days and now you've, you've outgrown them. Those are really yeah. challenging conversations. But things I would ask is, have I made my expectations clear? And have I given them an opportunity? And sometimes, myself included, we kind of just tell somebody to go sink or swim, and we don't really tell them what to do, or they ask us yeah. to read our minds. And so that that is a reality. But beyond that, it's it's are they do they have those things on your t shirt? Uh, in the early days, if they're scrappy, they'll figure it out. And yeah. if they need to understand what to do, uh, ideally, they can get to a point where they're doing it on their own without asking you every two minutes what you know, what needs to be done. But when, when you do reset uh, that decision that it's time to move on, man, uh, there's there's an old book out there called uh, Hire Slow, Fire Fast. Mm -hmm. And the longer you let it fester, especially if you're concerned about, about money and, and paying this person extra money, you need to cut ties sooner rather than later. Taking a quick TV type out to make sure that you guys know that I have some free goodies for you. So as a listener, I just want to show my appreciation and thank you so much for showing up weekly to hear from the guests that we have to take just all of these nuggets away and apply them into your life. I want to celebrate you. And in order to do that, I also want to make sure that you're getting value that is relevant to where you're at in your life. So in order to get the freebies, go to micafolsomfit.com slash DYC for do your crap, micafolsomfit.com slash DYC. And you can put in your email there and get access to the goodies. You will get a 50% off promo code to any of my mini workshops. And you will also get a freebie depending on what you want, whether you're a mom that wants to experience more joy in life that needs help on her health journey, wants tips and nuggets and value and motivation, whether you're a business owner that's trying to work through some mindset stuff and feel confident in what you have and how you want to serve, or whether you're in the network marketing space and you really want to gain confidence around recruiting, around onboarding, around mentoring your team, I have a free goodie for you. So make sure you go to that link, grab it. And that will also get you access to my weekly emails where I send inspiration, motivation, nuggets, value, things that I'm learning, things that I'm teaching. And I just want to be that voice in your back pocket that on the weeks that are hard on the weeks that you're just not feeling it, maybe that email pops through and you go, okay, thanks, Micah. I got this. Thanks for the reminder. That is what my weekly emails are for, because we all need that positive voice that we should carry around with us everywhere. So Go get on the list, go grab your freebie and let's get back to the show. That's great advice. What would you say? Okay. On the, on the opposite spectrum, when you have someone really good and you're like, Oh, I just want to keep them forever. But obviously seasons change things in life change. Like how do you really retain those top, top hires that you just love? And you want to be a part of what you're doing for the long haul. You know, uh, one of the guys that I mentioned in my book, Chris Allen, who I respect, he says, uh, it's not a uh, attract and retain. It should be attract and attract. So continue to have an attractive place for your, mm. for your employee. And that is things we just talked about. If you stand for more than a paycheck, if you've got a, a mission and purpose bigger than, uh, than, than you, then that's something for your, your A players to buy into. Yeah. And look, there may be times where, and, and I've, got a situation now where I, I brought somebody on. I said, look, give me three years. You're going to outgrow us. And, and, uh, and we're going to help you get to where you want to be for the next stage of your career. Um, and we want you to be stronger for it. 
Um, that's rare that, that you go into a relationship that way. But um, th- there's going to be times when you're going to outgrow employees or they're going to outgrow you and you want to be honest about that too. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's cool about that is like, when you look at it from a, not a selfish standpoint of like, oh my gosh, look what I'm losing. Look what I'm missing out on. Now I have to start all over again. It's like, look at the springboard that you just gave to that person. Like what a cool opportunity that you were the stepping stone that they needed to take their life to the next level, which is really rad. And one thing about that, because I've gone through multiple VAs over the years, multiple assistants, and the thing that has streamlined the process and made it so much easier, I've gotten so much smarter over the years is I stopped taking on the onboarding. I stopped being like, okay, now I have to train before they left. And before they kind of split directions, I had them screen record everything they were doing, have it all in a Google drive. Like everything was step-by-step so that as the next person was coming in, they literally were like, here you go. And then they were there to help train them for the first week or two. And I didn't have to do that. So I know that's one of the things that holds a lot of people back because it is a process of training up someone and onboarding them and all the things, but people are going to go in different directions, but you can be smart about how you're bringing in the next person. So it's not on you. So you don't have to feel that stress and that pressure. I love it. You learn the hard way, what, uh, yeah. what to do better. And you, you, you know, made mistakes, but you got better uh, with the next time. So kudos. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to pivot a sec because when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned this idea and it kind of stems from the pandemic. It stems from the recession. It stems from all sorts of things. You mentioned a four day work week. Now, do you feel like this is going to like become a new norm or what are your thoughts about that? You know, my belief in general is the work week is going to change. It's already changed uh, permanently. Mm-hmm. And uh, people keep at, you know, ask me, are uh, we going to go back to the office? Or are we going back to normal or whatever? And the reality is, I don't think we're ever going back to whatever that normal was. Yeah. And however, as the, as a CEO and the entrepreneur, it's your choice about what normal is. So for example, I, uh, I, I suck at managing people. <laughs> So I've got to be careful with how I structure things. And if I can't hold people accountable when they're in the office, I sure as hell can't hold them accountable mm. when they're working from home. So um, that's the main reason I brought in a CEO because he can hold people accountable. There you um, go. But it, look, if, if you're still holding on to the, the story that you want people in the office 24 seven and you you're in a, you know, Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, or, you know, Eldorado, Arkansas, or some random place, it's going to be hard to recruit to those places. So you've got to be open to some flexible work arrangements as far as virtual work arrangements. And I put the four-day work week in the same bucket. Um, If you have a virtual work arrangement, you probably have a four-day work week anyway. I think the reality is that a lot of people take advantage of that. Um, A players will still get their job done, but there's a lot of B and C players who are taking full advantage of that. And I think that's a powerful thing to remember is especially when you're hiring someone on having those clear expectations of, in my experience, it's never been an hourly thing. I'm not like, I need you to do 10 hours a week. I need you to do two hours a day. It's like, these are the things that we need to get done. This is the definition of done. And so when you complete that, like a plus you're awesome. So I think realizing that too, like we are living in a time where flexibility is what people crave. And if things can get done at 4am instead of all throughout the day, then cool, have it get done when they can get, when they can get it done, but really being open to that flexibility and, and that structure and how things can operate. Um, 
you're going to have a way easier job bringing someone in when they know that, okay, I can fit this in exactly when it works for me. And I have a clear understanding of what needs to get done and they have, then they can get to work. So just remembering that too, as you're hiring on and kind of setting those expectations for your hires, because it makes a big difference. It does. And, and I'll, I'll add, know yourself. And, yeah. and let me give you a brief example about that. And what I mean by that, when I bought Hire Better, it was a virtual work environment. This was 11 years ago. And I like people in the office. I like to be able to have camaraderie and hang around by the water cooler or whatever. And so, you know, five or six years later, we had half the team virtual because the really good employees that we retain and then half the team was in the office and it didn't work because people in the office were pissed and frustrated because, you know, mm. someone still got to work from home and go to, you know, yoga or whatever. And then the people in, at working from home were like, well, so-and-so gets FaceTime with Kurt and they get all this, you know, great camaraderie and it just didn't work. And mm. what I further learned about myself is that, you know, I had an employee in Charlotte, North Carolina, who I didn't know if she was working, but she got her job done and she was awesome. But if you were supposed to be in the office and I didn't see you at your chair, I would just get, I would go crazy, uh, yeah. just head trash. So yeah. know yourself and know what you expect and want out of your team as well. I love that. I make, yeah, that's so important. It's interesting. My brother-in-law, he's a, he's an engineer and <laughs> the conversation that came up, cause I've always worked from home. I mean, I had some like jobs that I went into during college and things like that, but ever since I've had kids, I have worked for myself on my own clock. Like I've had no one to answer to. So I've had to learn that discipline and structure and boundaries and all those things. So I was talking to my, my brother-in-law when we were going through this whole work from home stuff, obviously he couldn't be in the office. It was like over a year. It was a long time. He's like, I hate it. I hate it. I get nothing done. I'm unproductive. I just need to be back in the office. And it's like, you need to be mindful of those things too. When you're hiring on, are they a person who is self-motivated, disciplined, can handle the flexibility because likely you're going to be hiring someone who's doing things from anywhere remotely. And they do need to have that skill set. Like it, it really does make, I mean, not everyone is set out to do that stuff. So be mindful of that too. I, I can't, well, I can maybe do it better, but you see, I'm in the office today. I can do it better now, but my kids are now, you know, 16, 19 and 22, but when they were, you know, three, four and eight or whatever, there's it's no flipping tricky. way I'm getting anything. Done. I don't see how you guys do it. You almost have soundproof walls or something. Basically. No, it is. It is really tricky. I think that I've, I've never known any different. So I've had to just be like, okay, I got like head down. I got to figure out how to do this. Um, but yeah, so, oh man, there's some harder days, some harder days for sure. Um, let me like, tell us about your book. You, we mentioned it, but tell us a little bit more about that. Cause I'm interested in just hearing kind of what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a book about, uh, the types of employees you're going to meet on your entrepreneurial journey. Mm. And so several that you've talked about already are, are somewhat in the book. And uh, every chapter is a different archetype or different character. So uh, I've got a guy named Pipeline Paul. I've got a gal named uh, uh, Next Level, uh, sorry, Next Level Natalie, Bounce Around Betty. The idea okay. is I want, I, I think entrepreneurs learn from their own stories, but we also learn from others. So if I can, if I can tell you how someone else dealt with their employee that they might have outgrown, then maybe Micah can learn uh, and, and deal with their own challenge because she saw four other examples in the book. So the book's called Who's, Who's Your Mike? 
And I'll tell you about Mike in a second, but go ahead and finish your thought. No, I love that. Cause then you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to necessarily navigate all of the failures. You can learn from it. That's, that's the fastest way to learn and streamline the process. So that's cool. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So uh, the title character is named Mike and, and uh, he was your kind of a classic in, in the entrepreneurial world. He was your fraternity brother in college. You guys were best buds and, you know, did everything together and you trusted him with your life. So when you started your business in your garage and you needed some of those back office administrative things done, he was right there with you nights and weekends. And then when you became a real company, he quit his day job, became your accountant, still doing all those things uh, that I just described. Things like setting up the LLC, setting up your bank account, all the stuff that you probably suck at and you hate doing. <laughs> and then, you know, as you grew, you rewarded his hundred hour weeks by promoting him to controller and then CFO and you know, you look up later and you're a five to $10 million business. And Mike hadn't taken a vacation in five years. He's never built a team because he doesn't really know how to. And, you know, he's trying to negotiate a big merger agreement with a competitor and maybe a line of credit with your bank that he's just unprepared for. He's swirling and he's lost. And the question is, who's your mic? Every entrepreneur mm -hmm. either has a mic, has had a mic or will have a mic. And so, you know, whether it's finance and accounting like this one or sales, marketing, operations, we all have people we've outgrown. And what do we do with, uh, with, with people like Mike? I love it. That's awesome. I'm going to have to get it because this, <laughs> this sounds right up my alley. And one thing to remember, you guys, I, I can guarantee that some of them are listening going, oh, but I'm not anywhere close to that. I'm not a multi-million dollar company. I'm like small. I'm this, I'm this, but you don't, learn and grow for where you're at. You learn and equip yourself for where you're going, right? So have the confidence that you are going to be however big you want to be. And you need to know these things. You need to be well-equipped. You need to have these things in your tool belt before you get there. Not once you hit that wall. Yeah, that's a great point, Micah. Every entrepreneurial company, you need certain traits when you're early on. You need that grit, that yeah. uh, willing to do everything. I call it the generalist stage. You, you have a, a person that can wear five different hats or, you know, 21 hats. And then as you grow, you need to start specializing. In it. And that's really where the book takes you from that scrappy entrepreneurial stage to, uh, to ultimately building that next level team. So um, awesome. you're absolutely right. I love it. Uh, Kurt, what would you say? Do you, as we kind of wrap up, would you say that there's anything within your daily rituals or your habits or I'm all about like those unsexy things. This is kind of an unsexy topic. It's like meh, hiring and whatever, but this is everything. If you really want to scale with fulfillment and joy and, and purpose and, and have a life as an entrepreneur. So this is kind of along those lines, but is there, are there any daily rituals or things that you can kind of point to that have really helped you reach success and live the life that you are? You know, I've got one overarching theme and then I've got two more practical things. The first one is play to your strengths. Mm. And that's what I, I read a book called Rocket Fuel many years ago, where the author talks about the visionary founder and the, the more operationally, uh, financially uh, interested, what they call an in integrator. And it just freed me up to be who I am. I don't have to be what I'm not, even though I'm a, I'm a CPA by trade. I don't have to lean on that because I suck as a CPA, so I can really focus on my strengths. So that's the overarching thing is you probably have a lot of audience members who are doing things that maybe they're not the best at because they have to, yeah. or they feel like they have to. And then my, totally. my two, um, you know, kind of more uh, blocking and tackling is I try to block time uh, in my day to do work. Like, like if I know I need to have a podcast with Micah, for example, it's on my schedule. Well, why don't I have a, you know two hours to work on a contract or whatever I'm working on? And then the last thing, man, I, I don't know about 
your audience, but when I sit down in front of a, my computer with email, I can get sucked into an entire day of just answering back and mm. forth. And I, I really try to like for, in the morning and the afternoon, I'll check email, but I can't just sit down there forever. Or I, it will suck my time like nobody's business. I love that. And I think for lots of our listeners, it's email and it's social media DMs. They're frequently coming in. Lots of them are building their businesses online on social media. And it's like nonstop. It's coming in every, every hour, every, like within the hour. And if you don't create those boundaries, I love that like twice a day. Cool. Twice a day, you can bust through 20 messages in five minutes versus feeling like you're married to your phone, plugged in the whole day, distracted. Like it's, it's the worst. So I, that's such an easy one that people can implement and it's a game changer. I love it. Love it. Love it, Kurt. Where where can people find more about you, connect with you? Where are you hanging out? So mainly LinkedIn, because I'm old and that's where old people hang <laughs> out. And uh, and then uh, we got a lot of stuff on Who's Your Mic, uh, both on my LinkedIn as well as whosyourmic.com. In fact, we have a fun quiz you can uh, you can take if you cool. think you might have some of these employees that you've either outgrown or that you've uh, you're struggling with at whosyourmic.com slash quiz. Awesome. All right, Kurt, thank you so much. This was great. I hope they got tons of nuggets and can put them in play. Um, and everyone go grab his book. Is it on Amazon or is it Who's Your Mic? Where, where can they get it? it, it you, our link takes you to Amazon anyway, so you might as well. So Perfect. either Amazon or Who's Your Mic. We, Perfect. we made the USA Today bestseller a couple of weeks ago. So we're uh, super Woo! excited about that. Yeah. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And you guys, we'll see you back here in another week. Till then. Bye, you guys. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams. Because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.